Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, friends. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Whilst you're out on your horrible Monday morning commute, me and Phil are sitting in the rugby dungeon. Hello, Phil. Hello, Jonathan. And down the line, I think he's in Bath. It's Tim Cocker. Hello, Jonathan Beardmore. Hello, Philip Largan. Ah, there we go. Uh, Presumably, uh, where are you, Bath? Honest, I am the egg chaser's shipping container has been upgraded significantly. Let me tell you. Oh, what? Ooh. Oh, that, that BT money again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the most unbelievable apartment right now. I can imagine James Bond living here. If you know Bath very well, it's on Milsom Street. Okay, it's it's unreal. I can't tell you. I've, I, I finished uh, the game earlier on. J, JB, one of the greatest games of all time, Bath v Sale. Oh, it was quite something, wasn't it? I mean, we'll and, talk uh, about went, it later, but it's quite straight, something. Yeah, went straight to the uh, the Thermé Spa in Bath, and then um, come back to this. Come come back to do this podcast. Was the Thermé Spa very, very zen. open at that time? What's, what time it was, was it closed on Sunday? Nine. Wow! What, what a wonderful way to finish off such a spectacular game, Tim. A seven-all draw. Oh, <laughs> we had one of the great weekends down in Bath. World Cup final weekend. We went down, uh, went for a few beers in Bristol, came up, watched Bath versus Harlequins. But in the morning, to get over our hangover from our Bristol escapades, we went to the Thermae Spot. The second it opened, we were there. The <laughs> well, second. We were, we were there 10 minutes before it opened. Exactly. <laughs> Coffees and pastries in hand. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, so it's, uh, at least you know if you ever come into Bath at any point, there will always be rugby on in every pub rather than our usual native Manchester. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. you, were at the, you were at the Bath game today. I think it was probably the yeah. best game of the weekend, if not the year. Uh, but it was missing one thing. So much so, we should keep our... So, we should keep our powder dry on it, shouldn't we? Absolutely, JB. Couldn't agree more. But it was missing one thing. Uh, tries? <laughs> no, bigger than that. Um, uh, what's his name? Barry McGuigan. Oh, bigger than that. A, a well, the room. Tim Cocker, Steve Diamond showdown. <laughs> well, they always used to say all roads lead to Rome. Well, in my case, all roads lead to Burgess, and that's who was missing. And he's been in, in the news this week, or shall I say, he's been making news. He has. Well, let's actually just be really accurate about this JB you've been making news for the past few weeks in the rugby universe I don't think there's anything to do with me I think it was completely um... no 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 it was 100% to do with you it wasn't I, I, I don't know how it would I think it was just coincidence no 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 listen 
Go on. Sam Burgess, Sam Burgess tweeted about the whole, I've noticed people saying stuff about me and my time with England. Yeah. I just want to say this, that and the other. And the tweets that were then broadcast and went around the rugby world and were commented on by everybody. That, if you actually look at Sam Burgess, what he, what he retweeted immediately before tweet, uh, tweeting out those things that got reported is a reply from one of our listeners to you. Oh, I did not, I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So No, it's great. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... With the Owen Farrell thing as well. Well, from... true. I, I would say this, right? It was not a criticism of Sam Burgess, who did everything and more that could have been expected of him. It was no way a criticism of, of him. It was actually just a little bit of a reality check for those who think that we are missing Farrell. I say we, the English are missing Farrell and Lancaster because last time they had the keys to the car, they didn't do so well. And that was, that, was, that was my thing, really. But it was interesting, wasn't it, that he felt the need to say some, some individuals in the England camp. I'd love to know who he was referring to. Yeah, but he, he specifically defended the coaches. Well, he would. They picked him for the World Cup. <laughs> I would, look, if Stuart Lancaster and Andy Farrell picked me to play a World Cup, I would know in my heart of hearts it was the wrong thing. But my God, I'd defend them. But he's got skin in the game now. It's, it's completely irrelevant whether he defends them or not for him now. Yeah, but he's still going to defend them because they're his mates. They've but, basically given him but, the gift of a World Cup. But he doesn't want to defend his actual mates, the players. Well, who says that? That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but who, who's to say that, that, you know, that they are his actual mates? I mean, well, if I'm in that squad and I've worked my entire career to get there and then all of a sudden Sam Burgess is in, I'm not sure how, I, how comfortable I feel with him being there. Probably not. And that, that's exactly what he, the point he's making. Mm, mm. Well, the point you're making is why would he... Why would he defend the coaches still? And I, I can see absolutely every reason why he would. But he's got no skin in the game. Yes. Yeah, so, so, well, so, so, look. So, if, but well, I, no, I, my, I would, point was, my point was, why would he defend the coaches unless he actually believed he needs to defend the coaches? And that is the point. Yeah, maybe. Um, I would well, just say this. I would defend Stuart Lancaster and Andy Farrell if they picked me for a World <laughs> Cup, regardless of the time frame or the amount of skin I have in well, the game. Here's a thought with hindsight is maybe the mistake that, that uh, Stuart Lancaster made is not playing Burgess more because he was on the field when England were leading against Wales and it all fell apart when he and Billy Villapola went off. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I was looking at the coverage before that game. I love the fact that we still talk about this game. Um, <laughs> and the amount of injuries and injury concerns Wales had and how many late arrivals or late business tests there were into that into that starting 15. And actually, you know, yes, they were leading. And when he went off, they then lost. I actually think they should have been leading by more. I mean, this was their home World Cup. They were second favourites. They should have put that game to bed a long, long time ago. It shouldn't have come down to kick to the corner from Rob Shaw or whatever it may, whatever it may be. But here's the, here's the real point. Sam Burgess still drives headlines. Yeah, and, and we are still, exactly as you say, we are still talking about that game and the Lancaster fallout and the Burgess fallout. Uh Coming up for four years later, three, three should, and a bit years well, later. He, I want to correct you, JB. We still drive headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, no, it's, it's true. It's what's happened the last few weeks. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. It's just one of those things. Eh? Uh, do you know what? If he wants to make some serious money, even more serious money, he should come back to Union. Unfortunately, the best place for him to come back to, he's already been to once. And actually, no, go back to Bath. Be fascinating. <laughs> Where would you like to see him go next? Uh, if he wants to make some money, go to France. 
No, he's got to come back to England, though it's not the story. Yeah, true. Harlequins would be ideal. They, <laughs> they, they seem to be rather frivolous with cash. Hmm. Mm. If he's complaining about some of the players from the England squad, maybe Harlequins isn't the best place to go. Yes, maybe that is a good point. They like that. Well, Steve Diamond has always talked about the local identity of his sale team, and yeah. and uh, and they're sort of getting a lot more South Africans in at the minute. So maybe he needs <laughs> a, a couple more Northerners in. Get Burgess back there. Lo- locality is all relative, Tim. do you feel like you're from sale uh yeah 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 i do he's getting guys i'm sure he's getting guys from the northwest of south africa exactly (laughs) by the way how enormous is jean-luc dupria have you seen the size of this boy did did you see him in real life tim i did he's a big boy he's bloody enormous (laughs) now I'm going to move things on with something. I'm going to tie a rugby thing into something that's happened. What probably the biggest story of the last 24 hours as we record this, certainly in the sporting universe, um, the the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. Did either of you Uh-oh. watch it? Uh, no, I didn't need to really. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I I also didn't feel I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I obviously watched it on the uh, fantastic BT Sport box office. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, all I'm going to say about this is the fight in the actual... I guess I think I feel the same way in rugby a little bit. No, not really so much. Uh, but boxing has nothing to do with the fight and all to do with the build-up and, and the aftermath. All I need to know is the result. It was good. I just I just happened to wake up at about half five and um, put it on. It was in the third round. So, I did exactly yeah. the same thing, actually. I did exactly the same thing. And I caught the very end of the fight before they came on, and then I fell asleep again. It just isn't that... You know, perfect, perfect timing. It isn't that important, is it, really? <laughs> it sounds like many efforts where I've got to come round to yours to watch the uh, Super Bowl, Jamie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the number of Super Bowls we've slept through together, mate. Yeah. Do you want to come round for an adult sleepover? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was thinking was, because... In in terms of a sporting story, Tyson Fury's comeback is phenomenal. It is amazing. Where he was 18 months ago, it's quite amazing where, where he's got to. Yeah, it's not quite just... Amazing. I mean, everyone talks, don't they, about the mental health issues. He's had. And don't get me wrong, it's you know, the, the whole thing's impressive. For me, though, losing 10 stone to come back... I mean... There's one thing putting on weight. Ten stone is a lot of weight. It's a hell of a lot of weight. I mean, that's that's enormous. And then to come back as a high-level athlete. He's only 30 years old. Yeah. I know. Like, he looks like he's 45 or something. <laughs> At least. <laughs> but, so, so what I was thinking was, what are the big rugby comebacks? Ooh. Now, this, this, could be, this could be an individual game, but actually what I, what I, I was thinking about was the, the individual stories. Well, the biggest individual story, I mean, that's quite easy for me. I'd say it's Johnny Wilkinson. Ah, okay. Hero. Then he's got all of that nonsense with his injuries, can't really shake him off, then ends up winning two uh, European Cups with Toulon. Loved by the English, adored by the French. Was he he not part of all three? I think he was only part of the first two. Two, I think. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And Ditto was was pulling the strings in the third one. I could be wrong about that, but that feels right. Now, one which seems to me a little bit more Fury-related, because it just is. Do you remember the story of Kevin Yates? The prop. Go on. The, yeah, what, the what, ear biter. It, well, a, alleged biter. He always alleged de- ear biter. He always denied it, didn't, didn't he? But obviously, he had his trouble, much as Tyson Fury 
had, and we all seem to forget that now, uh, went to um, Super Rugby, came back, and I think he might have made the England team again. Interesting. Yeah. And that's well, someone, who did, uh, someone who did, a couple that I thought of, one Phil Vickery, and I'd forgotten this, but he won the World Cup, mm-hmm. finished, play, finished playing with Gloucester, age 30, had loads of back surgery, was thought that his career was over, yeah. joined Wasps, had loads of surgeries, came back, ended up playing in another World Cup final in 2007. And, and in the Lions. And played for the Lions. Oh, God, yeah. he did play the second, second World Cup final. Because they let... Who did they let Phil Vickery go for in Gloucester? It was a big-name prop. Ooh. I want to say... Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it, it, that, that was a big deal. Another comeback, Stuart Lancaster. Yes, well, we're, we're maybe witnessing it now. Maybe we need to a few more years' time. We need to see, but potentially. Well, I mean, in the in the last twelve months or last six months, he's won everything he could have possibly won with Leinster. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> he has. <laughs> he has. And then, right, but here's the ultimate one from the world of rugby that I found. I'm I'm sh- I'm sure we must have mentioned this guy before, but a uh, former Welsh like semi. Pro slash amateur player called Chris Jones. Semi pro. Go on. He was known as the, uh, like one of the wildest players ever to have played rugby. He played for is it Triorchy? I can't. Remember. I'll, I'll find the team in a minute. But he like was no holds barred as a player, a hooker. He used to carry an axe around with him in his kit bag. What? <laughs> <laughs> when was this? Was this in like the seventies or something? Seventies and eighties. Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, um, "I know this boy. I know who yeah. he is." Yes, you know where this is going. Go on. So he said, "He said when he described games that he used to play, and he said there were massive fights at least ten times a match. Games were gladiatorial. Anything went on the rugby field. You just waited for the referee to turn his back. I'm quoting him here, and then you would then you boot, punch, stamp. That was the way it was, and every team had their hard man, hard men." He said, "You had the Triorchy back row of the early 1970s." who had a back rower called Phil Wilde and John the Punch <laughs> and a hooker called Die Tank. Wow. Wow. He says, the Lord of the Jungle. Anyway, he, um, he was a bit of a psychopath on and off the field and ended up getting in a, some loads of fights. He Did he end up in life, jail? Two life bans. Two lifebands from rugby. Was, was he managed that, to overturn both of them. Right. Was that, oh, was that two separate lifebands? Two separate lifebands. So for two separate he, incidents. He got banned for life. Then he, got, then he came, but then he managed to overturn it. Then he got banned for life again. <laughs> then he managed to overturn it. Anyway, so, <laughs> while he was out on a night out, he, uh, he ended up get, get, spending a night in a police cell and he had this epiphany and um, found God in a police cell. I have got so many things to say about this. So... And now, sorry, now... He let me guess. No, 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 no. Let me guess. Let me guess. He helps kids. Yes. Of course he does. Because that's what every inappropriate human who has cr- committed <laughs> loads of crimes and can't get back into the main workforce does. They go back and help kids. And I can't think of anyone less suitable to go and help kids than this man. And it, 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 it happens time and time again. I'll tell you another one. Borussia Dortmund, right, have their ex-hooligans dress, dress the stadium up for, uh, for games. So... 
and they say it's some sort of like amazing comeback for, for these guys, like rehabilitation. It's not. It means you've got to do a stint as a hooligan before you're able to become part of the club. And you see this over and over again. No, he should be re- 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 rehabilitated, go back into the workforce and work in a call centre. I don't want him working with kids. I'm just imagining a Borussia Dortmund fan going, hello, hello, Mr. Mrs. Uh, can I please help? Um... There's a knuckle dust. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Come back next week. Have you served your time beat, beating up other fans yet? No. Okay. Do that first. <laughs> Unbelievable. Completely inappropriate. Um, but, but it's a, it's a, it's from the rugby world. It's it's a comeback. It's it's the best comeback I could find. So Unless anyone tweet us at rugby podcast or get in touch if you can come up with a better one. Well, t- two other ones that I'll just mention quickly. So one other one who went on to win two uh, Heineken cups with Toulon. Juan Smith. Oh, very good. Who won World Cup, uh, Tri Nations, and successful Lions, great Lions tour uh, in great South shout. Africa? Had to retire playing because of an uh, Achilles injury in 2011. Had two years without playing, and finally saw kind of his fourth or fifth surgeon, who was just at that stage trying to help him walk normally again, and managed to get him back running and returned to Toulon and was instrumental in their top 14 and Heineken Cup wins. And I'll give you the last one. Okay. okay. Well, it's not the last one. It's my last one. You can go, you guys okay. can go as long as you want. Thomas Castaned. Castaned. Yeah. yeah. Double, uh, double hamstring surgeries. One of them left a nick in his hamstring in its own right, I do believe. Ooh. Yeah, and then um, went back, started winning things again for Saracens. Yeah. A lovely story. Great comeback. The only other one worth mentioning is not a player's comeback, but it is the biggest tier one international rugby comeback in a game, which happened early this year after Australia were 31 points to seven down against Argentina in Argentina Argentina, in the rugby championship. And they scored uh, 38 points and only conceded three after that to win 45-34. What an astounding game. There you go. An astounding game all round. Um, Oh, hang on. No, isn't the biggest comeback... Leinster versus Northampton European Cup final. I don't. Well, that, that's not a tier one international game. No, it's not. But <laughs> no, no. But the, yes. Um, I don't know. That that might be the biggest Heineken or European Cup final comeback. Mm. Uh, well, that's good. Eighteen minutes and no current rugby. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I went to Harlequins this weekend, boys. So that was a good game. That was almost a comeback. Uh, well. Yes, they came back from 5-3 down. No, as in also come back as Exeter, Exeter yeah, almost yeah. came back to win it in the end. And yeah. that, that scrum, that final scrum, where Quinns were almost, almost pushed off the ball but somehow managed to hook it back and get it out, that could have easily been an Exeter penalty. Absolutely. And then Exeter to do what Exeter do. Yeah. Um, it was Well, first, first and foremost, my overriding thoughts on Quinns when you're there, it was a sellout. It was 17,000, I think. And I'm looking around. There's concession stands everywhere. Everyone's drinking. It's a tremendous atmosphere. How are they not making any money? <laughs> they're, they're in Twickenham. They've got a ground. They've got, you know, it's sold. I, I just can't understand how this club is not making money. That, that, that'd, be the, that, that'd be the first one. The second thing is, it is a tremendous atmosphere. And it's a tremendous day to, you know, a day out or night out. It really is. And I was treat, treat, treated very, very well. So uh, just a quick thank you to uh, Chris Warwick for uh, treating me to a few beers. Very good. Yeah. What do you make of the game? I thought it was brilliant. And it 
was almost the opposite to what I expected it to be. So I agree with that, especially after the uh, the first exit of the pushover try. Yes. For them to go into the lead, I thought, right, okay. I, I've seen this before. I know the script. Here we go. Yeah. So at that point, I put on a £10 bet for Exeter to win by 20 points. <laughs> yeah. And that, <laughs> I probably wouldn't wouldn't have disagreed with you at that stage. I was also drafting a tweet which quotes something like, drills always beat skills. <laughs> and then I deleted it. Because Harlequins came back, back, back out and they just beat Exeter up. There's no other way to, to put it. And... A lot of people were talking about this Exeter side being a second string. Not really. Well, uh, missing, yes, really. They were missing their two loose head props. Yeah, missing LCD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think of the pack. You've got club captain Jack Yendall. You've got Mitch, Mitch Lees, who's an absolute monster. Can, uh, can I stop you before you go any further? Because is what you're going to do is to say, yes, it's a second string, but their second string's really good. Because I can just save you a whole lot, a lot of time and say that now. But it is really, really good. I mean, you know, <laughs> it is. It, I mean, uh, the the back row was enormous. Armand, you was, I think, Kvesic. So I think the important, rather than just listing the players, the yeah. important thing to say is exactly what you've just said, Tim. Um, but actually, rather than talk about Exa, put the credit onto Quinn's pack. Because they, they they literally just beat them up. They fronted up superbly. Yeah, and the, well, a couple of the boys. So I thought Chisholm was very good. I thought Sinclair was very good, and Alex Dombrant has been for the last three weeks has been superb. Well qualified, Alex Dombrant. Is he's, he's from... just started. Just he's just started following us on Twitter this evening at Rugby Podcast. Oh wow! Uh, well, he's also um, from Croydon, so we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, but yeah, qualified for Wales, played under twenties, but also qualifies for England. And he's uh... uh, Alex. Alex, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are clearly, because you uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm sure you're listening right now. I occasionally have to crash in Croydon. I'll see you in the box park, mate. <laughs> what for a, fi- for a fight? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So no. uh, a few observations. Seeing you get so much more from seeing these teams in in the flesh. Um, one, I thought James Lang was very good, and I thought they stuck to their plan very, very well. Even when it felt like it maybe wasn't working or they were wasting the ball. And what I mean by that, there's a lot of diagonal kicks, and eventually it came off. And I was very impressed with the discipline to carry on just with that same process over and over again. Uh, Damien McKenzie, sorry, Damien McKenzie. The reason I say Damien McKenzie is because I was about to say, when you watch Marcus Smith in real life, he reminds me of Damien McKenzie. I think he's not quite got the top end pace, but the it's like the jinking I, runs yet. Yeah, just how quick he gets in, especially Damien McKenzie at ten. Just the way he gets in, gets into position, like it just that sort of scamper gives the ball scamper and scamper did, pass, scamper pass, scamper pass. Did he throw the intercept for Ian Witten? I think he did. It just it's like that is, that is just like Damien McKenzie. Pure Dmac. What would Dmac do? Yeah, and the last one is. Uh, I don't think Harlequins can continue with their front row. I think one or, or two of them have got to go. In terms of their performance on the pitch, because their performance on the pitch was was very good. Sort of. Sort of very good. So what you've got um, are incredibly strong characters, one might say, if one was charitable. Sinclair does not shut his mouth. Dave Ward does not shut his mouth. And Marla does not shut, shut his mouth. And I think there was a period of, in that game where they had two 10 metres, they were marched back um, on penalties and they moved back 10, 10, 10 metres ago. Now, I appreciate the front row weren't 
all involved in that. But throughout the game, you can hear the referee saying, don't talk, don't talk, stop talking to me. And I just feel that they get on the wrong side of the ref. And they don't, from what I can tell, those three don't even like each other. So <laughs> they've got all the talent in the world, but I think that, that that might give you an indication of how good Quinns can be and the things that let, that let them down. One. Now, I don't think that Mike Brown deserves to be on the outside with England in the way he is and has been. But inadvertently, Eddie Jones has just given, just done Quinns a huge favour. Mind you, that's, that would be harsh on Mike Brown to suggest that he would give anything less than 100%. He's not that kind of a guy. However, my point is, England guys, top players with something to prove is a powerful force. And you saw that in this game yeah. as well. I Can, love it. So Good, yeah. that, that's an interesting point. Um, things you don't really see on TV. Uh, how good Mike Brown is positionally. Yeah, he's very good. And the other guy who I thought was outstanding was Phil Dolman. And what he's able to do, he, his timing to come onto a high ball is as good, if not better, than Mike Brown's. Or, you know, not better. It's in, it's, it's in it, that range. Yeah. It's which, phenomenal. Which is the, the very top, the very top of that range. Yeah. And I think, I think Do- it, if you're not watching him week in, week out, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't notice that. Dollars is one of those guys that um, would be right on that list of nearly but didn't get a cap. Well, he almost did because he was called into the yeah. Wales squad, wasn't he? Ahead of the yeah. final, was it two years ago? And yeah. ended up getting a knee injury, so couldn't couldn't travel. Cruel. Yeah, that is, that is cruel because I think he's probably 32, 33 now and has unfortunately probably missed his chance. But let's talk more broadly about the Gallagher Premiership. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are four points between 12th and 6th. But <sighs> started the day in 11th and finished the day in, in, in a European spot. Bath did? Yeah. What, with that draw? With a draw. Oh, no, no, no. They were 10, sorry. I was going to say. Uh, yeah, so if Sale... Sale, w- could, Sale could have gone. A win for Sale would have taken them from bottom to sixth. I know. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So four points separate the whole of the bottom half of the table. And, and Newcastle Falcons, who did win away at Northampton... Remain bottom because of Sale getting the the points for the draw. Yeah, yeah. there's more of a gap between first and third than there is between third and twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, absolutely staggering stuff. Um, I'm just trying to work out. What, so, where have Sale finished the day? Because that's what everyone wants to know about. Eleventh. So Newcastle bottom on Jeez. 15 points. Sale eleventh on 16th. Northampton and Worcester tenth and ninth on 17 points. Leicester and Bristol, who played each other, which we'll come on to, uh, 8th and 7th on 18 points, Bath on 19 points. So that four, Go four on, right. points. You have, to, you have to make a bet and make a commitment right now. You have to put your mortgage on one team to go down. Who'd you put it on? Northampton. Worcester. I had this uh, whole conversation today and I came down on Worcester as well. Just, I think, over the course of 22 games, you'd have to think that the quality of squads will tell the truth, but Worcester are no slouches either. Now, I would like to know, and I'm sure Phil can you know, go quiet for five minutes and find out, um, how far below the sixth-place team is behind last year's sixth-place team at the same time, <laughs> but how far ahead the bottom-place team is compared to the bottom-place team last time. You you are probably right. I could find that out. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not going to now. It it does feel that everyone is just 
because everyone's picking up wins. I mean, all of those bottom six teams, they are all on three wins. All of them. Seven. The bottom seven teams. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is the bottom seven because including Bath. Yeah. Yeah, from sixth down to twelfth. They're all on three wins. Staggering uh, So just a couple of things that it's worth looking at when you look at the table, which may play out longer term. So one of them is Harlequins are in fifth place. They've won one more game, so they've had four wins. But every single time they've lost, their five losses, they've every single time got a losing bonus point, mm. which I think will be really important if they keep keep doing that. Because that was one of their big things last year. They, w- they weren't pick up, picking up wins, but they also weren't getting anything out of the games. I think yep. you're right, Phil, that bonus points are going to be crucial. And um, yes, I think you're absolutely right. And do you know the only team that have yet to register a try bonus point? Sale? I do, yes. Is it Sale? It yeah. is. It is Sale. Crikey, would so, not have thought of that. It's, uh, it's important, isn't it? I think, I think you're absolutely right. And so, um, but sale... I just want to, just going back to Harlequins a second, JB, you said, I remember back in the early days of the pod, you were a massive Exeter Chiefs and Bath advocates, kind of advocates. You loved Advocate. it. I, I, I still do. I've got a, I've actually got my Bath 150 year tie in the dungeon. Yeah, you loved it. You absolutely loved it. I, and and, and I, I just, bought some Harlequins cufflinks this weekend. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I just sensed that you're been seduced by uh, by Harlequins a little bit. How uh, did it compare to a night out of the AJ Bell? They're incomparable. Um <laughs> They just simply are. I mean, you know, one's Vegas, one's Monaco. You've got to decide which one you like more. Um, <laughs> I, I would just... Uh, they're, they're far more... They're not as... Not passionate. What's the word? What's the word for it? Like, it's sale, right? There are less people, obviously, right? But it seems that the atmosphere is a little bit, little bit more spiky and edgy. You don't get that in Quinns. They, they, they seem like a far more well-heeled set. Uh, that'd be the bit. And also, I, I mean, my my geography is not great. Is um is is Twickenham in the countryside? <laughs> no, no. Because almost everyone it has lots and lots of parks. It's uh, it's very fortunate to have lots of parks around. Right, because it just felt like everyone had come back from pheasant shooting. <laughs> I mean, like like lots and lots of wax jackets. Yeah. So, mind you, that could be that could be that could be um, any rugby ground. I'd say uh, the range of concessions in uh, Harlequins is far superior to the range of concessions in in, uh, in Sale. Yes, that that does make a lot of sense. Yes, and they're all owned by Ollie Cohn. <laughs> Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, the I, uh, Jolly Hog. That's it. Yeah, he's got loads of them. company. So there you go. I, I go to Harlequins. And I come back with all the big news for you. <laughs> If you want to uh, buy a concession at a rugby ground, best trust in a man whose fighting weight was north of 20 stone. Exactly. You like his food. Damn Um, right. Just one other point to make about the table, which I think will lead us into the next game. So the team who has both the worst points difference and the most points against is one Leicester Tigers. Yes. Which is not a good... That is not a good sign. And we've spoken in the past about their kind of shaky defence... And going into this game, the the Bristol Leicester game, God, that was something that was exposed. Now, I know they lost uh, Kelly Smond after twenty five minutes or whatever it was, um, but even before that, their defensive structure and at times their offensive structure, they seemed clueless. There was times that um, they, someone made a break. Adam Thompson made a break that they blew late in the second half. And no one seemed to know what to do when he made the break. 
No one seems to know what to do to support him. It's bizarre, isn't it? With the talent that they've got in some positions. Well, almost all, really. I mean, yeah, they were a bit under strength. But yeah, let's just say basically all. Uh, So... Uh, I've got, uh, allegedly, and I've said this many, many times, but it sounds like a start of another Tigers revolt. Um, more emergency meetings, more players wanting to talk to other players. Um, are you tri- I, 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 would, I would point out to everyone, the last time I said that, nothing happened. Well, well the, I would like to point out, the last two times JB has said that, nothing happened. But then the third time, Master Connor got fired. Um, did, no, you didn't say it. You did preempt that with a right. with a. Oh, there's going to be a big announcement on Monday. He just got fired. Yeah, well, he did. So that's into that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think they might be on something because they looked garbage. I mean, they looked utter utter garbage. There's no way to, uh, to put this. And it makes me think of a couple of a couple of other things, right? So number one, I know it's very trendy to say pet player empowerment. Let the players lead it. It's all very new age hippie rugby coaching nonsense. But actually, if that was true, the one team that could do this would be Leicester Tigers with the England halfbacks, Kyle Eastman, who's no mug, the England outside outside centre, the England winger, and then you know Australian uh, experienced hooker, Australian yeah. ten centre. Um, you know, you could literally throw me on one wing, Tim at fullback, and you and you like Harry Thacker at hooker, and it'd yeah. still probably be okay, right? <laughs> because these guys have got so much experience. So it leads me to think that is nonsense. Uh, and the other thing is, here we go. Wait, wait for this. Wait for this uh, explosion. Does it tell you something about England that they are continuing to pick players who are doing so badly for their for their club team, as as if their reputation on the international scene is great is greater or more than actually what they do for their day to day living? It's an interest. Well, it's an interesting question. It, I, I don't, and I, I don't like that as well because some of these guys have got massive bodies of work. Yeah, and also, and also, you, there's a, you have to be nuanced about these things. Just because a good player is playing in a team that's not playing well doesn't mean they're not yeah, doing their job. But you could, couldn't you say, if a if a good player is playing in a bad team, you know that's why he's not performing. But when all the good players play together, what does that mean? Well, yeah, they have got some some issues in that team, particularly in the pack. I mean, well, you say that. Who are they? I, I was thinking about this. The only person they're missing in that team, Toulouse Vianu. Dan Cole? Uh, no, did no. Sorry, Cole played. Uh, Cole Youngs. He was. He's out, wasn't he? Um, they, they put Bateman now on the bench, and they started Kerr. He, yeah, uh, Bateman. He's out. So uh, my yeah. point is that they've got an Australian international that they oh, signed yeah. available to them. So okay, maybe one or two players, but actually. They're pretty much at full strength, which uh, which makes me even more concerned. Yeah, and, and, and really, that that kind of is my point that when you've got so guys like Calamaphoni and Mike Williams, who are supposed to be doing the majority of your hard carrying, and they're simply not doing it, who do you go to next? But why did we why did we ever think that Calamaphoni would be the hard carrier? Well, we. I mean, ne- I've never, never really. That. Um, why did Leicester? Good question. I mean, Denton, I get. Um, no, they're missing Thompson as well. Thompson, I, I get. I mean, yeah, yeah he's got, he's got a cut. Thompson, fair play. Um, but no, no, we always Calamphony is a is a quality squad player. He's not, yeah, your quality number one main man number eight. Yeah, but yeah. do who a real quality squad player is uh, Jackson Ray. That's a quality squad <laughs> squad player. Um, 
And I think there's a difference, isn't there, between a quality squad player at the top end, where Leicester wants to be, and a quality squad player for, I don't know, London Irish. You know, there, <laughs> there, there is a difference. And I kind of see Callum Fony in that sort of mould, which is, yeah, he'll, he'll do okay for Worcester. Yeah, so We've talked about it a bunch of times. Uh, I just think that the perfect decision of Leicester's last five, six years is the fact that they have, as their hookers, Palotta now, Youngs and Kerr. Uh, they don't have, as their hookers... Um, Harry Thacker, five yeah. tries, two games McGuigan. played against them. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? George McGuigan. Well, well, well McGuigan uh, was one of the reasons why Thacker left. <laughs> That's another one you could put on the why did they bother. They had, they had the future of that position for Leicester yeah. out of their own academy, and they let him go. Yeah. Well, they've, they've got, um, they, they got Adam Thompson from London Irish, fine player on the wing, excellent player. They had Jonah Holmes in their back three. Who was who was lining up for Saracens this weekend? Former Leicester Tiger, Alex Lewington, Lewington. that they let go. Yeah. Oh well, who was playing outside centre for Bristol? Will Hurrell, who they who they, who they let go. Who came on at eight? Oh, Jordan Crane, who they let go. Yeah. Well, that that one you can. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, I mean, you could, but they just won by you know thirty points or, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it happened. And you know, I do. On in the bigger picture, I agree that those players probably were best going elsewhere. Not in every case, but you know, in the majority of cases, probably. Just look at how Leicester played compared to Bristol. And you, you realise what the problem is. They just don't have a clue. Whereas Bristol seem to know exactly what to do all the time, even if it's wrong. Well, in this game, they knew what to do all the time. And so Bristol was superb. And their backs, their backs and their forwards, their backs, Piatau, Morahan, Leuai, Hurrell, Madigan, Randall, who scored a sensational yeah. try. They were given way too much time and space to play, play what they wanted to do. Yeah, Morahan. Mor- so those boys were superb, but they, Leicester kind of... It was, it was like Leicester had never watched the way that Pat Lamb wants Bristol to play. Yeah, as if it's going to be a mystery. Yeah. Is it Pat Lamb with his kicking game again? Yeah, exactly. So they were given so much time and space, and they Bristol exploited it beautifully. That Morahan try where he stepped and then gassed Johnny May that was unreal. Was Superb, absolutely loved it. But Johnny May was kind of exposed because there was no one inside him or outside him, so he w- he was left floundering by a complete lack of discipline. It does make you wonder, like, are they doing any forms of analysis at Tigers? Because <laughs> uh, I mean, Bristol have been exposed uh, brutally at, yeah. at, at times. Yes, because if this if this whatever it is that they are doing doesn't work, you know, they can lose by a lot of points. They yeah. have one plan. So that's what you need to do. And you have some of the best players in the Premiership, nay, the world, <laughs> at your disposal. And yet, you'd come up with this. And do you, though? That, that I don't, I'm not sure you do anymore. This is the, and going back to my point, I just think if, if you did a, a flowchart of all the... If you did a little graph of all the players that have gone and, and come in and, and you knew what the money was for all those players, I think they've just... A terrible value. Well, I mean, awful value. They probably need to stop managing the salary cap themselves rather than uh, outsourcing it. So, uh, I mean, that would be one of the things I'd suggest. I think they've got to get rid of this. Uh, you know, I, the structure, broadly speaking, is correct, but they've got the wrong, like the wrong people involved. They've given the coaching to Anthony Allen, Jordan Murphy, uh, Deacon. Are those guys ready? I mean, I think they'll all be good coaches eventually. But you know, the Leicester Tigers' job is enormous. Second. I would say in English rugby, second only to England is the, is the Leicester Tigers' job. Historically. Historically. I bet, right, right, still right probably now. now. Well, big, you know, big not, stadium. Not, not with the team that they've got, though. Not with the, the squad members. And... But the squad member is, like I was saying before, mostly the England team. 
a lot of England players and internationals there's, there's there. A, yeah, there's a handful. Four or five? Uh, it's not mostly. Not most of that 30 months. Sorry, well, like, you know, like most of the backline is. Most of our starting backline is the England backline. Well, uh, sometimes. Ford Young's May. So yeah. Three. But, so, the only other thing... We've, too we've, we've, t- we've talked who played... Ten minutes of one game in the, last, in the last three that's all years. Someone needs to do. Someone needs to do. We've talked more than enough about Leicester Tigers' uh, problems. Have we? <laughs> well, we, you every single time Leicester lose, you go on this no, rant, I, rant I, about I, how you want to restructure the club. I, I, I would do a better job. <laughs> there you go. Me personally, I would do a better job. The one I, other... I personally don't believe that JB has set narratives that he likes to flag up as and when there's an opportunity, <laughs> Phil. I do not <laughs> accept <laughs> that. You're not having it, Tim. I'm not having that. Do you, guys, do you guys disagree with me on anything I've just said about Leicester Tigers? Uh, I've no idea what you mean about outsourcing uh, payment of the players. Oh, right. Uh, well, they don't manage their salary cap in, in, in-house. They have, a, they have an outside organisation to do it for them. <laughs> Let's not go into that. Okay, then. The one, the one last point to, uh, to make on this was the Eastman high shot. Now... Or should I say the two Eastman high shots? Yes. Because this was almost identical to the Harlequins game when he was playing for Wasps last yep. year. When he put in two high shots in two minutes and the second one, surprise, surprise, when you go around swinging your arms uh, mm. and hitting them in people's head, got him a red card. This was more like the contact you get. Do you know when uh, Ted DiBiosity does the um, Million Dollar Dream? Uh, no. <laughs> yes, you do. Like as a, a, cl- yeah, a yeah, classic yeah. WWE sleeper. It wasn't oh, like I that. it wasn't okay. like across the chops, but it was that like kind of neck and then <laughs> stranglehold afterwards. And I think that's you can't do it, can you? It was yeah. Wayne Barnes kind of very loosely described it as the head, head, chest, chin, neck area. <laughs> what area is that? By, by <laughs> how, bi- how big a how big a Kyle Eastman's arms? Yeah. Head, chest, <laughs> neck, knee. Is he had a transplant with Ibn Etzaveth to get arms that can cover the whole of a man's body? Exactly. Uh, yeah, 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 that's that good. didn't help Leicester's performance in this game. But Eastman, we've seen it before. And yeah. after the first one, it's, it's almost to the point where after the first one, if I were Jordan Murphy, having seen it before, I would have taken him off. I know. I know it was only 10, 15 minutes into the game, but you could see it coming. Sometimes with Eastman, I think, and actually a lot of small players, they need to generate so much force to match opposition players. They well, they have less control. But you don't if you always go low. Yeah, but so you, wanna, I, I you also un- want to be dominant on the line, don't you? But he was nowhere near the line. So I, I can understand if you're defending on your own try line. Mm. If not, just go around the legs. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying <laughs> that when you're a smaller man and you're trying to tackle whoever it is at 18 stone, you just need to generate some power and you lose that control. Yeah, but it, it, particularly in that second one, it was uh, Madigan had released the ball and was falling backwards. There yeah. was no need to generate... Clean was- shot on a 10, mate! <laughs> so yeah, I, I can understand that in certain circumstances. Not these ones. No. So. Yeah. There you go. Left well, his I, I just want to. Uh, I just want to highlight one thing. Now, th- there may be a point to this, but I think what this demonstrates is the uh, the, the way that people are never satisfied. Uh oh. So, Social media, Twitter. No, no, during the internationals, <laughs> okay. it was outrage, outrage, Owen Farrell, outrage. Right. Yeah. So Carl Eastman gets given a red card. Yeah. What? On oh, what? We've got nothing to complain about. Oh, what? What's going on? Oh my God! I'm about to implode. Oh. Ian Madigan didn't go off for an HIA. Phew, I've got something to get absolutely outraged about. Oh, was there some outrage about Oh, no, Le- Leicester Tigers tweeted about it, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, Leicester Tigers they? said, so like, strange how 
Kyle Eastman gets a red card. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is what how I read it. Uh, it's something along the lines of, um, strange how Kyle Eastman gets redded and yet Madigan doesn't need an, a- an HIA. So, yeah, did, basically. It, it, is, it is an interesting point, actually, because he did stay down for quite a while. But he can be hit in the head and not concussed. You can be, but if you but isn't this the, isn't it the doctor's call? And we've 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 out we've talking about outsourcing things. That is, that is the doctor's call, and their their say is final. And armchair pundits, exactly right, mate. Well, well and also you know Twitter accounts owned by clubs, the opposition club in particular. Well, yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, there there is a moral, a moral to this story, isn't there? You know, you want you want a very suggestible doctor to work for your club. <laughs> um. On that, on the suggestible doctors. So, did you see the Pickamole stuff last week against Fiji? No. So he was. Fill us info. He clearly knocked out twice in the game and played on before then, after playing on, I think for 10 minutes after the second one, getting taken off. And he started again this week for Montpellier. Did he? Yeah. The French have a, a somewhat Ooh. cavalier attitude to, to this. It doesn't. Well, yeah. Uh, in France, like even if, because um, I think like when players like Johnny Wilkinson or you mentioned him earlier, or well, both of them earlier, uh, Juan Smith, Smith, yeah, guys like that go over crocked or injured. The second they start working for a French club, they get they get paid by the government. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? They, any injuries or any reason you can't work, the, the sick benefit gets paid by the government, so the clubs don't actually pay it. So, that, that, what my point being, they're very laissez-faire about such things. But they they should be, yeah. I'm, I'm more thinking they should be happy to like sit him out for a week then. Yeah, because they're not picking up the tab. That's a good point. They could just bring in another monstrous South African for a week. Yeah. Oh, they've or signed. Um, they've, they signed Gerardo last week. Yeah, right? Montpellier. How good do Montpellier want to be? <laughs> well, this, this comes back to the kind of the the difference between a proper team and a collection of the best stars in the world. Yeah. And from what I've seen, they aren't a proper team. How? Who? Montpellier, Montpellier. or Toulon? Uh, well, actually, both of them. Both of them right now. I'd love to know what the atmosphere in those camps are like. And can you assemble all of these world-class players? And how do you mould them give, into... Give them near-infinite money. Yeah, near-infinite. In some of the best party towns in the world. Yes. I mean, it really is. If you look at the map around there. Yeah, in Toulon, it's phenomenal. Mm. They're there for the money and the... Blazers and champagne lifestyle. Oh, what a life! <laughs> I, I do like. It's a serious point. Like, you know, Saracens managed to do it quite well, but they are. There's a lot of guys in there who you could meet on the street and no one would know who they were. Mm. Yeah, and the same with Exeter. Like, obviously, they're successful. I, I wonder. Yeah, except for maybe that Toulon team that actually won it all. But they, everyone says that they were a complete not an anom- I can't say it now. Anomaly. Anomaly. Anyhow, because uh, of the quality of the characters that they had. Yeah. You they... mentioned Saracens there, the, the Elliot Daly to Saracens rumours. Yes. Is this true? Is it is it on? I don't I, I mean I don't know. Yeah, I, I believe that's on. Hmm. Well Marcelo Bosch isn't getting any younger, is he? Nope. Um oh, it'd be an interesting sign in. Can't really if... see that you need him in, in the back three. No, no, I I can't either. I mean having Good and Williams as your first two choice fullbacks you don't need. Any... I can't really see him at thirteen either because Lazowski's. Lazowski, class. yeah. I mean, he's every bit as good. I, I, it, I think it gives options then. So you have got Lazowski who can cover ten, twelve, thirteen, and Daly as an out and out thirteen. And don't don't forget Good who started ten this week. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, well, and maybe that's another thing, which is maybe you don't need quite as much money if you're going to go and win things. Yes. Well, that does segue nicely into the uh, Allianz Park game this week, Saracens versus Wasps. Sorry, I hate, I hate to interrupt you because something has come across my mind about money. Yeah, someone's in the Premiership allegedly wants to pay Kieran Reid a million quid after the World Cup. There is no way that Kieran Reid... Kieran Reid, five years ago, was, was, was worth, worth half a million. Was worth whatever the top salary in the world was at that stage. Yes. Kieran Reid today is not worth a million pounds. Yeah, David Flatman, I think, tweeted about it. Who is the... Who is the club that wants to pay Kieran Reid a million quid? And I can't think of anyone who needs him or anyone... Why would you pay that unless it was a decision from the, from owners? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Tim? I don't know. I, I, I'm... I'm assuming Sale have money in the cap and have lots and lots of cash now, and they're, they're going to start spending more and more. It will not be Kieran Reid. I'm telling him that. Well, how, no, I, I, don't, I can't I don't imagine know. why it would be. If you've got Jean-Luc Dupree and John O'Ross. And, and Josh Strauss. And Strauss. Um, I, I would imagine it would be South... But judging by the current trend, uh, any players going to Sale will be South African. I hope so. <laughs> Local ads. Local ads, I mean... Uh, yeah, so so uh, anyway, so we might see um, a very old, very expensive number eight because that will work well. Yeah, with another so, another year of international rugby under his belt, age thirty four slash thirty five. Well, Northampton haven't replaced King Louis. They haven't, have they? No, but they. I mean, if there's a team that does not need any more back row, it would be Northampton. They just seem to have a lot of generic sixes. Yeah, kind of six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. They've got more six and a halves than they can, you know, they, they they can handle. Well, certainly then they can play on the pitch at any one time. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Sorry, Phil, I interrupted you. Well, back just back to uh, we're talking about Saracens and Elliot Daly. Yes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, have a quick chat about the game. So this was close. It was uh, 12-6 up until 50 or 60 minutes. And then the changes that Saracens were able to make, the guys they were able to bring off, off the bench, uh, managed to kind of eventually squeeze Wasps. And squeeze, squeeze a Wasp team that hadn't been a particular attacking threat but had stayed in the game from a couple of very good long-range Elliot Daly penalties and from a, a Wasps dominant scrum, yeah. winning penalty after penalty. Is it me? Do Wasps seem to have a disproportionate amount of injuries? 
mean, always they always seem to be lurching from injury crisis to injury crisis. Uh, I hadn't thought of it at the moment. But... Well, like you know, there's two hawkers missing. Uh, they've had emer- emergency props rock in. They've signed uh, the the lad from Jersey, uh, whatever his name is. They've got Campagnaro Bourgeois. playing on the wing. Uh, Bourgeois came in. Uh, I'm sure he came in over the summer. I thought he was Campagnaro was an emergency signing. I actually thought he was. A, uh, never mind. Uh, they've got uh, another lad on the wing called oh, what the hell's his name? Neil Ross Neil Ross Neil. He's had some coming. Yeah, he's playing quite well. He's doing all right. Uh, they, but they always seem to be doing this. Um, they they like any club because Saracens have got some injuries at the moment as well. It's not like everyone's uh, completely flush. But this this was a good game, and this was it was a good test for Saracens, and they came through very well. And one of the, one of the main things in this, so Elliot Daly slotted two very good long range penalties, uh, took them really really well. He then have you seen Ezekwe's try? No, I didn't get that far through my highlights. Yeah. So this is, and we were talking before about how well Mike Brown played at 15 with his mm. uh, with his unusual, uh, for him, new haircut. But daily, so there's a, there's a wasp, wasp turn over the ball inside Saracens 22. Lazowski puts a massive boot on it, boots it almost 80 metres, and daily tracks back, picks up the ball, beats, I think it was Tom, Tompkins, and goes to throw a 20-metre pass to uh, Willie LaRue Uh-oh. to put the ball, on his own ball line. safe on his own line. Uh-oh. And Ezekiel, fair play to Ezekiel. He read it perfectly because there were two players closing down daily, and Ezekiel was like the third player along, so he just gambled and went for Willie LaRue instead. And Daly's pass dipped. Ezekiel picked it up off, up off his toes and just fell over the line. So that is... It does highlight this weekend has highlighted the strength of Mike Brown and also the potential weakness of Elliot Daly when he's play, when he is in that fifteen role. I know he wasn't playing fifteen at the time, but he was covering that that space. Yeah, I don't think he's a particularly good fifteen as it happens. Uh, yeah, I I agree, Phil. There you go. You know, <laughs> you know that? Have you not seen it? You agree. I completely agree with everything that you say. Perfect. I do think it's interesting that um, they chose not to play Lazowski at ten. I think that was yeah. probably one of my more interesting uh, takeaways from this. Because it was interesting, especially after Liam Williams dropped out. Yep. And um, you had Nick Topkins, who's been playing very well at 13 for the past couple of weeks. So you could have really easily shuffled it around to put Tompkins at, at 13, Good drops back to 10, and Lazowski goes... Sorry, Good drops back to 15, and Lazowski goes 10. You know, I look at the England squad, uh, just going back... Go back to England because I'm a little bit obsessed at the moment. And <laughs> no, they seem to be. I mean, the Tigers players that are in there shouldn't be in there, but they just don't have enough Saracens players. Good, Lazowski should be playing all the time. Barrett should be in there. Just Good and Barrett alone make an enormous difference to, to England. So hold, hold on, JB. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I understand your narrative to want to try and resurrect downfall 2018, which is now in tatters. And you're... Is it? Your tail's off between your legs on that one. Why so? Unless you're going to start downfall 2019. Well, because it's December and England just had a good autumn, mate. No, 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 they didn't have a good autumn. Who told you that? You you predicted one win in four. Whoa, 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 wait. Let's just investigate that. Who told you that they had a good autumn? Did you make that up? Because my uh, my uh, my eyes th- three because, three wins out of four and a one point loss to New Zealand because Com- compared to JB's downfall the only the only, the only two serious teams that they that they played right 
all autumn. Oh, we're not going, we're not we're going all... over this again. We've done oh, hang on, but you just no, did go over it again. But that's exactly what you did. So, they, no, no, so no, no. They, they found that their captain has ho- has horrible deficiencies. They they, they they nearly lost the South Africa game. There's only two serious games that, that they had. And the other two teams were rubbish. And they came fifth or fourth in the Six Nations. So far from it. Um, okay, so the, the other two teams were rubbish. Well, I'm, I'm, all I'm pointing out is you said they didn't uh, By the way... Bad. Anyway, so downfall 2018's in tatters. Japan... No, 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 but it's not, is it? Japan, we're actually beating them at half-time. All of a sudden, you're saying... Games are 80 minutes long, last I checked. But you're, now you're saying that uh, Alex Lazowski should be starting for England every game. No, what's, your, what's your evidence to, the, uh, to, say that. to make that judgment? You I ne- that. You are, you are what, Good and Lazowski what should be they, playing for England. What they'd say on the Reddit forums now is you're strawmanning Tim. No, he should definitely be involved and Good should definitely He's be involved. involved. Uh, no, no, no. Good, Good isn't. Lazowski is, but yeah. you said you, right. you, you said More, Good and Lazowski. They don't have enough Saracens in the England. Lazowski, uh, Barrett, Good, Lazowski, Barrett, Good should all be involved right. continuously. Okay, there you go. Happy. Right. Does that make sense? It's excellent. A, it's an opinion. Does it make sense, Phil? It's an opinion. Does it make sense? It is an, opi- it's, it it's, is an no, opinion. No, 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 no. You're, this it's, isn't, this, it's this isn't your language. This isn't your, newly brand, this isn't your newly branded um, rug, rugby fence podcast, Phil. D- is, there, is there a good point there? Wait, should, wait, should what, those, what is your question? Does it make sense to have in, those three involved? Would, do those what English is words make sense? Those English words make perfect it. sense. Would I do that? No, I would not. Why? Why? Because I think uh, the squad you've got at the moment is better. I think Barrett is a very good player in the system he plays, but he doesn't offer enough for international rugby. Interesting. And I've not seen enough of Lazowski at the highest level to justify a place ahead of someone like, say, Slade, or when he comes back in, Jonathan Joseph. I've seen enough do of those Slade. Words make, do those words make sense? I would say I've seen enough of all, of all three of those at the absolute highest level of club rugby to say you're both completely wrong. And if anyone's <laughs> we- weaving a narrative here, it's you two. <laughs> I think we need to. I think JB. What I'm going to say is, you need a new catchphrase. You, you, downfall 2018 is is done. It's, oh, it's, on the, it's, it's on the heap of ashes now. You need of, to find a new one. Of course it is, mate. It's, it's December. But you know, you just said it's very much still alive. No, no, it's, it's, it's very, much, it's very much still correct. Okay, it's very, very much correct. <laughs> it, it, it was correct, and in and in the bank after the Six Nations. Okay, let, let's 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 move on. Because I think yeah. we've uh, we've done enough of this. Um, the other games this weekend, so the two Premiership games we've not touched on. Gloucester had a just, very... just a quick a quick interlude before you do that, Phil. Yes. Firstly, Thank to you, say Tim. that it's coming up to Christmas, right? Yes. And you know, I've, if I can just mention to people, they might want to just have a word with Santa Claus that for just four quid you could get a, a fantastic stocking present slash present for someone you care about like, or indeed treat yourself like to what to, to what sort like of gift to, to, a, to an amazing shave what a good idea to an amazing shave from cornerstone the original mail order razor company that all these other companies are co- trying to copy right now but unlike right and you see it's not just about the quality of the aluminium weighty engraved shaft that i like of cornerstone it's the fact that unlike these other companies they they clearly don't care about the environment because cornerstone are going no we're not we're not going to do plastic we're doing metal 
Yeah. We're not going to fill up. We're not going to fill up the oceans with plastic razors like some of these pretenders that are copying Cornerstone. So get the original. Get the best. Six beautifully German precision-engineered razors in a in a presentation box, and a weighty aluminium shaft that you get for free. Get that engraved with yours or someone you care about's initials if it's for a present. And for four quid, you can get that sent to you. Perfect Christmas present or a treat for yourself. Cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or Egg Ten checkout. Yes. Perfect. Oh, the the only other interlude. Did you see Nakadrotsky, the South African? chased out some robbers from his home, got shot three times, survived, but the robbers are now in custody. Good. I'm glad they got caught, and I'm, glad that, I'm glad that he's in a stable condition. Yeah. Yeah. All the best. Hopefully he'll get well soon. Yeah. I mean, who would want to... Ro- was Oz Durant involved in some... Yes. Oz Durant was there as well. Horrific story. Horrific. <laughs> if you were going to pick one household in South Africa to not... Yeah. Try and rob at that point. It would have been that one. It'd be yeah. pretty high on my list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, any more games? Oh yeah, sale played. <laughs> so they did. We so, don't need to talk about that game too much. It was well, a horrible you, game you, of rugby. You were there. What did you see? I saw more handling errors than I'd like. I saw a Bath team that looked very, very nervous and edgy and a bit anxious. They're clearly, I think the pressure is beginning or beginning to weigh on them a little bit. They're not fluent. The weather didn't help that. Uh, Sale, I think, are starting to build something. And they, they've, they haven't won away from home since March in the league. Yep. And I think, they're, I think they're starting to build. And I think almost once the international window was out, out of the way, Sale's season begun. They started slowly last season and finished strong. And I think they're going to move up the table. Bath. Look edgy. So there was one thing, and I've not, I'm not going to tell you why I think this because I, I just can't really. But I think Sale are going to. Well, I, I said it at the start, start of this game in a private conversation. It sort of happened, and I think it's going to be a pattern going forward. I think Sale are going to, are going to con- concede a lot of turnover ball, and I think that will become apparent. Maybe next. Well, we'll see how, how they go next week, but certainly, certainly their next. Their next Premiership game, I think they will be affected by it. And if they concede are, concede uh, a lot of turnover ball. Concede. Why? It's something that uh, something that they're doing in like in the way that they play, and I just don't think it's I don't think it's going to be particularly good good for them. But I would just say, watch 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 them at the breakdown. Okay. So that's that's that that's all that I'll say. Uh, but. Uh, today, I think they conceded about six turnovers. With the average tur- tur- uh, the average uh, turnovers is three a game. They conceded well, yeah, six. No, but wait, but they're playing against Bath, who get more turnovers than anyone. That is absolutely true. And they had Underhill and they had Low. They they conceded sixteen. S- oh yeah, sorry. Uh, you, I was going to say six. I think by about forty minutes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, a hell of a lot. But Bath also conceded a lot, and also they the did. weather didn't didn't help. I'm, I'm, I was going to say part of that was just. It took Sale till about sixty minutes to get to get beyond five phases. Yeah, but the defense was good. The defense was no excellent. defense was outstanding. Yeah, and the, do you know that they've appointed a new director of high performance at Sale, which is one of those bits of news which just kind of went under the radar. Have they? Yeah, he did some job for Wigan Warriors. So Wigan have basically. What does that mean? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked Unless it. You know what that job means? What, what <laughs> it <laughs> is basically? What, what significance is it to anyone? Yeah, it's an overarching role where you are 
monitoring the links between the first team, the academy, and also in Sale Sharks' case, Sale FC. So you you're basically the like the top of the pyramid across the whole organisation. Which I thought was a very interesting bit of news because uh, you'd have thought a senior appointment like that might have been mentioned on some of the rugby channels, but it wasn't. Well, apart from this one. Except for, except for this one. JB's Sale Sharks podcast. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the nearest equivalent to that would be Stuart Hooper. Hoops. A general, general manager. I do love these these new jobs that are coming up. High performance director, general manager. What happened to coach? <laughs> Who needs a coach? Who needs coaches? Well, if there was one podcast that I would have bet very good money that would have mentioned that news, it would have been ours, and you just fulfilled it. <laughs> Nailed it. There you go. Um, the other games so won't go into too much detail but Gloucester had uh, a good solid expected win against Worcester Warriors Um, two of the standout players in this Freddie Clark big boy big big bulking back row and my boy Ollie Thorley Ollie Thorley is unplayable at the moment. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? He is phenomenal. I know. It's ridiculous. What? Uh, I mean, I know I'm cr- cr- I've never said this before, but I'm going to say it again. What are Leicester going to give up for Ollie Thorley this <laughs> summer? They don't have it. Yeah. They, they just don't have it. They, whatever whatever yeah. they've got, they've not got it. Welford Road, I, take it. <laughs> can I just say, this is, this is the most difficult, worst... I mean, some might argue best, but it's certainly the most difficult season for fancy rugby draft out of. The Tell me about had. it. By a mile, because <laughs> players that would would be absolute bankers are just getting no points. Yeah, and like players that that you've probably never heard of before this season are absolutely dominating. My my first pick, Christian Wade, <laughs> no, no longer lo- plays the game. No longer <laughs> in the country. Uh, fortunately, I did manage to pick up Ollie, Ollie Thorley on a free three weeks ago. And he scored 42, followed by 27, followed by 41. So, and you uh, picked up Alex Dombrant. Dombrant's a good pickup because he's a lock as well. It's a gem of oh. a pickup, that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, this week I scored 150. JB, was, did you make positive figures? I'm not sure. I haven't oh, checked. Oh, yeah. You've been reassessed to 1.5 points. That is astounding. One, one, one hundredth of the points that hey, I scored this week. Hey, you're letting us down because we are the uh, highest ranked league. <laughs> well, we were. In all the fancy rugby draft. That our is, league um, average points. You're uh, dragging us right down. I've got to say, that is a devastating uh, contribution to our our <laughs> league, isn't it, really? It really is, JB. Please get your act together. Yeah, no second row. All my um, back three weren't starting and then Cal Eastman got a red card. Cheers. Oh, and also um, AJ McGinty's having so- shoulder surgery. Selfish. <laughs> but he'll be back in a, in a few weeks. Yes. Back after Europe. Fit and fighting. Oh, no, for I've, got, I've got Rob Dupria. He's, he's going home, mate, so. Yeah. yeah. It's only, he was only ever short term. Mm. Final Premier three months. Anyway. Final Premiership game. Newcastle Falcons got a very unlikely victory in the... Did you see this? No, was it... 87th minute. You remember yeah. the 89th minute against uh, Montpellier? Yep. Yep. Now it's 87th minute. 87th, 88th minute for the, the try and conversion. Tell you what, about, something for, about uh, Falcons, like, they've got some grit about them. Oh, yeah. And it, it was... Guess who it was? If oh. you're going to pick a, a Falcon who is performing superbly at the moment... Gary Graham. No. Oh. Try again. I, I've seen the Falcon, I know. So <laughs> Falcon, anyone knows. Or Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> Johnny. Well, there's, there's one Falcon that, that... Johnny Williams! No. Many people will have known after the Autumn Internationals, JB. Go on. Why do I feel stupid? Mark Who Wilson. Oh, Mark Wilson, of course, yeah. Mark Wilson, 
after playing, I think he played every minute of every game for England. He picked up a much award against South Africa. He scored in the 87th minute. Good lad. To to win the game with a, a Toby Flood conversion against Northampton, away at Northampton. Isn't it weird what happens when you pick players on for me? Isn't it weird how that, how that works? Incredible. Turns out players that play well for their clubs play well in the internationals. <laughs> I, I, I never realised that until this... Uh, at which point, at which point, cut to picture of Don Armand sat in shower, fully clothed, rocking back and forward, crying. Yeah. yeah. Or Alex Dombrant. Dombrant. <laughs> Alex Dombrant, who's had three good games in his... Get him in! <laughs> I don't like to be reactionary. Hey, I tell you what... Um... Hey, Boise, Boise didn't even have that many when he got called yeah. up to uh, the England squad. True. Can I just say this? Uh, I'm going to make it a little bit about me for a second. Um... I what? Yeah. really <laughs> I interviewed Ted Hill this week. Young Englishman Ted Hill. I have seldom been so impressed with a young man. Really? Unbelievably good talker. Did you you, you didn't meet him in person, did you? No, no, I didn't. I interviewed he's a, him. He's a big outside. boy, isn't he? Uh yes, he's enormous and his try scoring record is also enormous. Uh like, did he went some... to the Worcester Academy house to uh, use that super fast Wi Fi. Uh yeah. No, he wasn't. I think he was calling in from home. Otherwise, the Wi-Fi would have been super clear. But uh, I did ask him, and tell me, tell me what, what you think. What you think? Think of this. He's on an on an academy contract, right? So it's like, what have you done with your England money? Because that must be like a nice little chunk if you're on whatever academy contracts pay you now. Yeah, you must have doubled your money in eighty minutes. Yeah, how cool! Yeah. That must be a, a, a very cool feeling. Yes. Yeah, but he's probably. Especially at that stage, it's probably like a massive, massive motivator to for that not to be the last thing on cap for him to well, like, work hard. Even on. aged, yeah. even aged thirty, playing. Well, we're not, you know, uh, having Is dropped it... out of dropped out of like national leagues and just playing for my local team. I in my thirties, I was still excited by stash day. Yeah, Ted, Ted Hill. Getting that bag of England stash. Uh, oh, imagine always... Gary Graham. Yeah, Gary Graham, <laughs> England, Scotland. <laughs> We're going for the full house. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually think he might be the only England player to receive a match day fee and not pay higher rate tax. <laughs> <laughs> you probably might be right. That's a great start. Who is the only player to get a match fee and not, play, not pay higher rate tax? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. There you go. So you can catch that on Wednesday. Yes. Um... I've got some news. Okay. How about that? Pro 14, because we've not mentioned anything from Pro 14 yet. Oh, Ulster had a great win. Ulster did have a, a, a uh, great oh, win. Uh, oh, well, a win. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those things. There is a reason, right, that so many people are um, very, very cards close to their chest when it comes to predicting things. Because there was a certain journalist, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but he tweeted out, Dragons v. Leinster uh, teams have been confirmed. How how many names do you recognise in the Leinster lineup? Oh yeah, right. So oh, I... no, and then went on to say, I think Dragons have got a, sh- a, a shot here. <laughs> Great chance for Dragons. Yeah. So yes. here we go. Let's have a read of the Leinster names. Hugo Keenan. Nope. Adam yeah, number Bur- eight. Huh? He's a number eight, isn't he? He's a fifteen. Oh, 15. <laughs> oh no, no, he was in, no. Uh, Don't okay. worry. You'll. Uh, oh no, that's Deegan. I'm thinking of. Okay. Adam Byrne. Well, we know him, don't we? Yeah. We yeah. Jimmy O'Brien. Nope. Connor yeah. O'Brien. Nope. No. These are Pro Evo names. <laughs> These are randomly generated computer names. Um, 
uh, Dave Kearney. Yeah. Yeah, Kearney, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross Byrne, yeah. James yeah. Gibson Park, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ed Byrne. Uh, Good comedian, Mock the Week. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> James Tracy. Yes. Michael yes. Michael Bent. Yes. Yes. Ross Maloney. Uh, no. Nope. Scott Fordy. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. played Scott a little bit, Fardy. hasn't he? Yeah. Josh Murphy. Yeah. Scott Penny and Kaylin Doris. Yeah. It, and what was the score no. then? Uh, well, yeah, as you'd expect, the Dragons won. <laughs> uh, a big win for the Dragons, was it? Um, let me just get the exact score. Shall, um, I, shall I tell you? Yes, please. Uh, Dragons 10, Leinster Academy B team 59. <laughs> that's that's outstanding. <laughs> I, that, oh, sorry, just at Dragons. At Dragons. At yeah. Dragons. Uh, I don't know what to suggest, really. Um, don't know. Here's another. Here's another stat, um, which got tweeted to us. Oh, how many league points have Glasgow Warriors dropped at Scotston under Dave Rennie? Oh wow, league point. Well, they won again, but were they yeah, at Scotland? Out, out of a maximum seventy-five league points in fifteen uh, games, how many league points have they dropped? I'm going to say five. I'm going to say they've won. Fifteen. Oh, I was going to say they've won every game at home, but they've dr- probably missed out on losing bonus points three times. Phil, is that... absolutely nailed it. They've got 72 out of 75 points <laughs> at what? home under Dave Rennie. Pretty. There you go. Pretty they, good. They beat. So they beat Scarlets this week. So they did only yeah. score two tries, but they beat Scarlets, uh, losing Alex Allen after 19 minutes. So red. For red, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when um, when Jordan Murphy in his post match interview was complaining about the Reds ruining the game, they if if your team is well set up and disciplined and understands systems, Reds don't ruin games. Um, yeah. mm, they do a bit. So is this game ruined? It's not the point. <laughs> I, I, no, that's exactly the point no, that it, I'm making. No. It, it isn't the point. Reds can ruin games. Yeah, I mean, there's more of a chance of it ruining games than not. No, they can ruin games and it, I, if your team is not properly prepared. No, I disagree. So I, be, I, I don't think the preparation that help, I don't think it's the preparation that makes a difference. I think it's the willingness of the players because when, and also it's it's the inability of your opposition to understand their systems enough to actually beat you. So, do you think that Scarlets don't understand their systems well? Evidently. <laughs> I mean, you know, you would so, yeah, say, wouldn't you? Last couple of years, but you would say, wouldn't you, that a one-man advantage to a team like Scarlets would, you know, they should be able should be to massive. Should be absolutely. I massive. think you would like to think you would like to think that every single team trains man down, man up. They, I've never and, s- and, and practices these scenarios, so it's all automatic when it happens. What I would they like do and how they cope. I'd like to agree with you, right? I would like to think that they train for all sorts, like the SAS. You know, they're, you know, they're well drilled on on absolutely everything. But thinking about the times that I've been to watch live training, I've never seen any team train with four train with fourteen. Have you? I, I've played in teams that have trained with fourteen. I've played in teams that, that was never... standard. Yeah, standard. And you always knew. You always knew exactly from a scrum. If you if we're down a man, this is how we'll defend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Se- what seven will have fly half or, or, or whatever. You know what I mean? I know it what will... to do, but I've never. I'm just saying, I've never seen it in in a, you know, when you go to the like press day and watch training. I've never seen them play with, train with four, train with fourteen. No, you, I, you would I, train with fourteen on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Really? You, you prepare. It w- it would be 
when I say a regular basis, we would do two trading sessions a week, but it would be probably once a month. We hold would, on, Phil. We, hold on, Phil. A second. We'd cover it. So, JB, you're saying you don't do that at Tok H? What kind of coach are you? No, we no. Well, we, well, we coach not to get sent off. <laughs> oh yeah, you coach oh, to. Oh, uh, you've got the pre- preventative. Yeah, you, you coach your players to have enormous heads and really short legs, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does it does strike me it's like one of those things that like the opportunity cost of training with 14 outweighs you know just actually doing your line outs or doing your normal moves no because you do it on top of that stuff and, you, and it's not a huge amount of time from, from my and my who experience. and how do you decide which, which guy goes off well it depends because you, you would cover so it's if you've got an inside back an outside back a back bingo row. machine that's what I, I would use <laughs> well because like, if your fly half goes then what uh, so, well, you'll always have someone else who's stepping it's up. Little things, I'll just give you one little example. We don't need to get too specific. So if you're down, a w- if, if a winger's off the field, you've got a back off the field. Yeah. Then from a scrum, you, uh, I remember we used to have a, a move. If we were down to 14 with a back off the field, scrum half wouldn't stand at scrum half. He would stand in the defensive line on the blind side. Mm. For example. Uh, I, yeah. I, defense, I think, is easier with 14. Attack is a nightmare. Specifically if a, if a halfback's gone. But you always replace a halfback like with like off the bench. You're not allowed to. You, you'll take you'll take a back row. So if your scrum half gets sent off, you'll take a back row off, say, or a winger off. What as a permanent sub? Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Maybe. See, JB Tockett should be uh, should be training these kind of things. And it's things like again, when when you have a man off with a yellow card, you 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 know that you're going to maul it more, and you're going to take your time, and you're going to slow things down and kick it. A, kick it a bit more just try and eat the clock up all, all these things you get that you talk about so yeah, I, anyway i know them all being, but i'm just being, saying I, i've never Dave seen Rennie is obviously excellent at doing that and glasgow are very well drilled because yeah yeah i completely agree glasgow are a, a magnificent outfit as are treviso who beat the kings kings away kings away big big result that four tries 22 points just just the solitary conversion no penalties. Uh, overrated. Just, just ah. do what you need. You need them. Bonus point win with 22 points. Benetton, uh, uh, almost like a mirror of last year, chasing down Ulster. Savagely chasing them down. Uh-oh. You can't run forever, Phil. Uh-oh. Hey, we, we should get on to talking about this weekend. It's a big weekend of European rugby. Uh, yes. Sailor off to, um, are they going to? Somewhere in France. Winemaking region. Bordeaux. Bordeaux, thank you. One of the winemaking comedians. Yes, regions. one of many. Uh, yeah, so which games should we talk about first? Uh, well, should we just do the uh, Champions, Champions, Champions Cup? What? Okay. <laughs> well, you don't want to talk about the games that aren't on TV? Um, which nobody can watch? You don't want to talk about those, no? I'm okay. All right. I'm okay. They're, all available, they're all available to watch on uh, if, if you're into betting and such things. Oh, are they? I believe so. Yeah. I think. Normally, if you've got money in uh, various different betting companies' accounts, I so won't, I won't you, name anyone. Yeah, so you could watch potentially Gloucester Pow. You could potentially watch Harlequins Treviso. Pow. That's a good game. Northampton Dragons, Osprey Stade Francais, Bristol La Rochelle should be a belter. Like, genuinely, that should be an absolute belting game. Bordeaux Cell, absolute belter. Right, Champions Cup. Champions Cup. Here we go. Friday night. Uh, oh, and let me just get the tables up as well. By the way, Friday night, a game which has. Challenge Cup Britain all over it for the last 20 years. Edinburgh versus Glasgow. Yeah? Edinburgh versus Glasgow. What are you talking about? Sorry, Edinburgh Glasgow. versus Newcastle. <laughs> yes. They, yeah, that, yeah, that absolutely is. 
So let, should, we, should we go through this by pool by pool so we can talk through yeah. the position? Okay, that's so, probably so, more sensible. So the game you just mentioned is Pool 5, which is... Uh, so Newcastle and Edinburgh are the top two teams ahead of Toulon and Montpellier, who are the bottom two teams, <laughs> which is quite quite remarkable. Wow. I mean, so so knowing the way it works, and I, I'm working this game, um, that, that got obviously got uh, selected... The, the way that the TV games and everything get picked, that's that's been picked as like a you know a, a big game, big televised game, which you wouldn't have predicted no. before the start of the season. Not even close. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. But it will be an extremely high quality game because if particularly if Newcastle win this, so either team if they win, they're well poised for the group. If Newcastle win, they're, they're three from three. <laughs> this is outrageous. And, and only need kind of. Well, one more win or a few losing bonus points to to actually go through. And I, you know, if Toulon lose to Montpellier, we could just see Toulon just give give, give it up. Then, give up, we? give up, and then you know, basically free passage for either Newcastle or or Edinburgh, which would be awesome. So predictions for for that game? I have no idea. I, I genuinely don't. Newcastle can be great, uh, but Edinburgh can score some bloody fantastic tries. Newcastle, who are currently bo- bottom of the Gallagher Premiership. Yeah, uh, but the European performances have been brilliant. Yeah. Yep, and you know that win against Northampton. I mean, they'll they are bottom of the of the table. I bet it doesn't feel like a, a bottom of the table club. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. It, it is also important to say that these are the head head to head games. Yeah, so they go back to back. The reverse fixtures following week. I think Edinburgh will shade it. Give me Newcastle. Hmm. Don't know why, but give me Newcastle. In in tight games, I think it will be tight and close. I'd always err uh, towards a home win. So yeah, I agree. Of, it's going to be a really tasty one. Pair of home wins here. Okay, so then the other Friday night. Like, oh, well, sorry, let's stick with Pool Five because yeah, the other game is Toulon Montpellier in Toulon. Toulon had a good win at the weekend. I can't remember who it was against. So yeah, give me Toulon. So two home wins in Pool sorry, Five. Sorry, I don't, don't mean to interrupt. But just as we're talking about France. I know a lot of stuff happened last week. A lot of water went and went under the bridge. We never spoke about getting changed in France and how bizarre that entire situation was. Oh my I'm word! Not, I'm not sure we yes. should speak in it. Speak about that, especially not. No, you've you've already paid your Airbnb money, Phil. Nothing's going to happen to that. You're not going to get charged extra for just explaining <laughs> what what happened. I don't want to get charged. I, mean, I, just... I, know, I know I know the general rule of what goes on tour stays on tour, but I think we can make an exception here. I'm not worried about getting charged extra. I'm worried about the French, French authorities getting involved. <laughs> well, it wouldn't was... be on you, mate. That would be on the fella. <laughs> it, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It just came back to me like, oh my God, that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> so we were early, weren't we, for our Airbnb? Well, well, not really. I'd kind of told him we'd be arriving at... It was like two o'clock yeah. that we arrived. Now... At this point, it's a pretty reasonable time to arrive at an Airbnb. I think. Yes. Yeah. Now, at this point, I am. I am hoping. I am hoping that those two young lads that work for that for that man were his sons, because if not, this was a open and shut uh, case of child labour. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then. So yes, yeah, so, yeah, so so we arrived with our bags, and we we were on a tight turnaround to get over to Monaco for the World Rugby Awards. So we had to shower change iron get in dump our bags off and get out within within an hour less less than that half we had a half an hour less. window to get for the three of us to, to do all of that 
to get a tra- yeah to get a train and then to get our, our press press accreditation. But yeah, it, it was bizarre because we we basically said to the fella, look, we need to get changed. Can we just have, just have showers? Someone's get changed and we'll go. And he said, yeah, sure. And then he tried to be as helpful as he possibly could. Whereas at the same time being incredibly inappropriate and unhelpful. So, example, I'm trying to shave in... Before you get into this, what I would have said is that the way that I would have, if I was running his Airbnb, the way I would have done it is gone, oh, I see, they're in a hurry, I'll let them get on with what they're doing, wait till they go to Monaco, and then I'll go in and fluff fluff, uh, fluff up the pillows. Yeah, well, (laughs) here's the weirdest thing that happened to me. I know weirder things happen to you. The weirdest thing that happened to me is I'm standing naked in in a towel trying to have a shave. And because the shower was on, the the window, uh, sorry, the mirror has steamed up. So (laughs) the French fella, this 40, 50-year-old French fella, borders into the bathroom where I am, explains to me that there's steam on the mirror, which obviously I can see looking into the mirror, turns on the hairdryer and stands next to me hairdrying the mirror, the mirror. as I'm trying to shave. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the hairdryer over my shoulder, right, <laughs> as I'm trying to shave. And then I walk back into your room and you two are getting changed, you're semi-hot, you know, semi-naked, and there's two lads, literally one has a feather duster, <laughs> running around cleaning books. But the lads were... Well, they were definitely minors. Yes, twelve. Yeah, that kind of region. Well, they might not. They were definitely. Yeah, they, they, we, no, I don't think it's that young. We're probably talking. They, they, they look like A level students earning a bit of extra money. Bit no, of no, they're younger than that, mate. I'm, you reckon? They're Defin- younger than that. But definitely. All I, all one. I remember because like, again, we were on the clock and had to do this, and this was technically like our apartment. And I just remember Phil, as as he was putting his underwear on, going. <laughs> Is this weird? <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Yes, it was weird. Yes. But it made us get changed quicker, so every it cloud... Did, it did. I wasn't hanging around in there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, on that, um, the other Friday night game, Pool 4. <laughs> oh, yes, Pool 4. <laughs> so We're going we're gonna to get found on someone's hard drive in some <laughs> little police bust. Would not, surp- here. <laughs> would not surprise me. Who was staying in the sex den? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pool 4. Pool 4. Pool 4, yeah. So right now, Pool 4 is topped by Racing 92. Leicester are in second place with one win. Ulster in third with one win. And Scarlet's yet to win. Who did Leicester beat? Scarlet's, wasn't it? Of all teams. Yeah. Um. So. Oh my God, double header against Racing for Leicester. Yeah, that's not going to go well. Good night. So on, on Friday night, Scarlet's host Ulster, which I imagine will be a Scarlet's win. Mm-hmm. And in the same pool on Sunday, the 3.15 kickoff on Sunday, Rassing host Leicester, which home is going to be win. one-way traffic. Yes. So in the last weekend of games, do you think Ulster versus Leicester will be the game of shame? To see who <laughs> says... Wooden spoon. Yeah. It could well be. I agree. Yes. Unfortunately. Okay, pool three. Mm-hmm. Pool three is Leon, Glasgow, doubleheader, Saracens, and Cardiff. So right now, Saracens play two one two, top the group. Glasgow and Cardiff are both one one each uh, in second and third, and Leon have lost two from two, bottom of the group. I can't see Leon doing anything constructive. I thought they were going to be really good to start the season. Just looking at the names they've got. Um, you know they do very well in the top fourteen. They're a big physical outfit, but they've been found wanting against 
uh, both Saracens and Cardiff. So, so Leon hosts Glasgow. Yeah, there, there, I mean, actually, there some Leon, pride. Yeah, there'll be some pride in this. There will be, but they also got turned over by Cardiff at uh, whatever it is, Stad Garland or whatever the hell they play. play at. True. So uh, they might win it, but I'm going with Glasgow. Give me Glasgow. And Cardiff will lose to Saracens, but they are a tricky outfit. And they've got players like Thomas Williams, who I rate immensely highly. And you, know, you, you never know. I think they'll score some, but I think uh, Saracens will batter them. And uh, the mighty Ulster only just snuck past Cardiff this weekend, just gone. So, mm. obviously a tough opposition. Very tough. <laughs> much like that. I mean, I think very much the same, same thing with the Kings. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, that's pool three. Oh, this is, pool two is interesting. So, pool two, in first place, we've got Munster. But they've, only, they've won one, drawn one. They drew with Exeter, of course, at yep. Sandy Park. Second place, we've got Cast, who've won one um, and got one bonus point. Third place is Gloucester, won one, lost one. And in fourth place is Exeter. So this right now is the tightest group of all of them and probably the least predictable. Mm-hmm. So in this, we've got uh, one o'clock kickoff on the Saturday. We've got Exeter hosting Gloucester. And mm. then the one o'clock kickoff on the Sunday, or one of the one o'clock kickoffs on the Sunday, is Munster hosting Cast. So that's going to be a Munster home win and an Exeter home win. I'm not yes. convinced at all. With Exeter home win. Yeah, and it's not that I'm... You know, I've seen one game of Exeter live and now I think, oh, okay, away you go. I think Gloucester are actually really, really good. They are. Um, and they can score from anywhere. The difference with this Gloucester team, previous Gloucester teams, is you know a bit of extra South, Af- South African beef. And the younger the younger players like Pelledri are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So I, I do think Exeter will win, but it's going to be much tighter. And if this is at King's home, I'd probably give Gloucester slight favorite, slight favourites tags. If it was at King's home, I would agree, actually. As it's not, and Exeter... So they, their big focus, there, there was talk of... So they, having won the league, they want to do more in Europe. And I think even though they've had not the best start... I think they will be really, really focusing on this. So I well, think this is to. why they rested up all their. This is why they rested up all their, all those big names. So who, who will come back for them this weekend? Because the problem with Exeter, every time I say, I don't know who their starting team are because I think they pick their starting team week to week based on who, on like the best matchups. So who do so you think is going to come into this side? Slade, Hepburn, Slade. Moon will all come in. Yeah, Moon definitely. definitely. So in the pack, would, would Burn is he fit again? Don't think Didn't so. Be. Knowles out as well. Um, Simmons is obviously out as well. So Almond and Ewers, I mean, I would start those two almost for every op- uh, every op- uh, opposition. Kvezic yeah. probably starts again. He, he probably yeah. Johnny Hill is he fit? Uh, don't know about Skinner. Hill. Skinner could come in. Yeah, Steenson. Steeno. Oh, tell they, they, two two further stories from um, Quins, and they're only short. I've met a lot of rugby players now, and uh, you know, I'm not really particularly phased by them, except for when it's Gareth Steenson. <laughs> uh, he is he is star quality through 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 and through. In, in, in my mind, the most storied player in in the in the Premiership. Um, another one, which you, is... if you go and watch a game, I don't know what, what you saw after the game, but I, I've I, when Exeter played at Bath earlier in the season, um, I was walking back to the car park, and I walked down the left-hand touchline of the wreck 
Gareth Steenson was just leaning on the advertising hoardings, chatting to some friends, family, or Exeter fans. I don't know who'd, who'd huddled there with a can of Guinness. He's cool, isn't he? He's so cool. And you know what? With his new haircut, he looks even cooler than I originally thought he was. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, he's amazing. Um, he, was going a bit, he was going a bit Teen Wolf a few weeks ago, but he sort of tidied it up, not quite so unkempt. He looks good. Yeah, he's, he's got, you know, in the same way that he plays rugby with perfect balance, his game management has perfect balance. So does his hair, which is very <laughs> rare in Exeter. Uh, and the other one, this is a... <laughs> this is quite funny, actually. I might just I might just put a little marker on this in case you think I should edit it out, Tim. Um, at the end of the game, there was a uh, child in a wheelchair, and Joe Marler was talking to this child for best part of what felt like three or four minutes, doing the really really nice, you know, the the like the nice rugby player thing, like what what you should be doing. Then an, a, a guy who will remain nameless, an ex Harlequins player. Turns around, comes around the corner, photographer in hand, sort of interrupts the conversation, has has a picture with the kid, and then scoppers. <laughs> there we go. And I, I actually admire that. I mean, that is social media Biz- gold. Down to business. Actually, let's just make sure it's not on his social media because then everyone will know who it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, I, th- I think we're good. Right. Uh, Final bit so we can finish this uh, marathon pod. Um, pool one. So pool one currently top in pool one to lose the the resurgence of the sleeping giant of European rugby to lose of one from two in second place Leinster of uh, one one lost one third place Bath who have got picked up a single draw and fourth place Wasps who've also picked up a single draw. So relatively tight pool at the moment, but looking like Toulouse and Leinster are strongest. So. 3.15 on Saturday, Bath hosts Leinster, which I can't see going particularly well for Bath. And at 5.30, Wasps host Toulouse, which is a more interesting prospect. Mm. Um, Toulouse will be focusing on this. Toulouse is going to smash Wasps. Do you think? Absolutely smash them, yeah. It's just the travel. The French teams just historically travel Have you seen so Toulouse in the league this year? Uh, I've not looked at it for a couple of weeks. We actually. saw we saw Toulouse in Europe at Bath, which is probably the tight, the closest comparison. Yeah. Okay. So Toulouse are second top at the moment, having um, won eight from eleven. Yeah, they're smashing people. Yeah, they've only lost two, so won eight from eleven, drawn one. So I'm going to uh, Toulouse big time, big time, big time. Yeah. There you go. That's mm, it. I'll, to lose, yeah, to lose marginal favourites, but away from home, I agree with Phil. It's not cut and dried. Was it only the start of the season we were saying how good it'd be if Toulouse were brilliant again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope we see it. I really do. Well, they, right, let's go beat, and have a life. They beat Leinster. No, so. that's not. This is my life. <laughs> I want. This I, is it. I want to go and get some sleep. Yeah. Uh, why are you short, short of sleep this weekend? Uh, it's been a been a tough week. Why? Where have you been? Uh, well, following following last week. Well, last weekend's action, I only actually stopped drinking this Friday. No, you that was didn't. The f- that was the first dry day I had. Uh, and I've been down in London all week. So How'd need... you crack your phone? How'd you smash your phone up? Uh, well, I smashed it up. So I dropped it in Rome after one too many Negronis. Uh, and then all of a sudden this morning, so I hung over waking up in a hotel in London. My alarm went off because I had a train to catch. And for some reason, my screen, just nothing would work. So I couldn't... I couldn't stop my phone from alarming. 
Oh, no. Which is the exact opposite problem that you had last week. <laughs> God works in, in mysterious ways, hey, uh, Phil? Ironic, yeah. Teaching me a lesson. You're talking, of, uh, talking of Negronis, I read something in Times today, which uh, said the, the chef Tom Kerridge used to go out and his first drink was a pint of Negroni. <laughs> a whole pint of the stuff. Tom Kerridge is the fat chef. Was the fat chef. Was the f- who's now he slim. Is, yeah, he is the Tyson Fury of chefs. I once saw him cook a, a dish that was, like, it was pork belly, like a whole pork belly. Yes, it sounds like Tom half Kerridge. a pork belly. Um, with a whole tub of honey poured onto it. Perfect. And that was it. Um, really? <laughs> that's, that's everything. There might have been some salt and pepper, but that was it. Well, Tom Kerridge, uh, I seem to remember, he got very far in the Great British Menu. That is a show I'd love to do a podcast about. I've said it before. I'd love to do a podcast about Great Great, great British Menu. It's such a perverse show. Um, and everything he cooked was in duck fat. Everything. Everything. All goose fat, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a uh, goose ragu... At this amazing little pasta restaurant down Soho this weekend. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah, well, I had breakfast in um, Borough Market in uh, Toast. Uh, was it Roast? Very trendy. 30 quid it cost me. <laughs> just and, I, and I had just a, me, yeah. just, I had an amazing um, the fish and chips at, what was the place? It was Seabass. Oh, it's so good. Seabass uh, fish uh, and chips? No, hold on, hold on. What, what was the place called? Clayton's Kitchen in Bath. Oh, my there God. There you go. Good. Oh. Unreal. Egg Chaser's yeah. food recommendations. There you, go. there you go. And on that, there you go. Giving you some food tips, giving you some drinking tips, giving you some Airbnb to avoid tips. And <laughs> oh, a little bit of rugby well, well, depends. Depends what you're into. Yeah, it depends what you're into. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you've enjoyed it, and no doubt you have, you can follow us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. We do that as well occasionally, don't we, Tim? Yeah. Have we put anything yeah. on, on Instagram? We must have loads of pictures that we can put on. Yeah, 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 I'll do all that. Uh, and also on Facebook, we occasionally operate there. And, of course, YouTube. Do not forget YouTube. Uh, but until next week, when we'll be back with all the European results and everything else, unless you boys have got anything else to add, we will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.